going on, everybody? It's Fabs here, back with you on the Believe Fantasy Football Show, our second show of the year. And once again, we'll be doing these shows every Tuesday and Friday. So you guys will have all the information you need to dominate your fantasy football drafts and kick the crap out of your opponents because, of course, that's why I'm here. Uh, on the other side of the glass, I got my guy Toss. What's going on, man? How are you? Not much. I'm doing well. I'm uh, on the other side of Hurricane Hillary, and I'm uh, ready to win my fantasy football league, Fabs. Yeah, there you go. So uh, Toss will be joining us throughout the program. Uh, he is out there in La La Land where I am no longer. I am in Florida, and Los Angeles got a tropical storm before Florida did. That's strange, and an earthquake in the same day. Anyways, there was no locust. There was no four horsemen of the apocalypse. Uh, we're all good to go. So we're going to talk a lot of fantasy football here uh, on the Believe Fantasy Football Show with myself, Michael Fabiano. And we had a lot of preseason games. Number one, preseason stinks right now. Like the, 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 Nobody's playing. I, now, I will say this. The commanders did play the starters for a full a full two quarters on Sunday night or, or so we're on Monday night. So we're going to talk about that. And boy, Sam Howell looks good. But first thing we got to talk about is Jonathan Taylor. Now we're all kind of scared to draft him because of the injury that he was coming off of from last year with the ankle. Then there was a report about a back and then he said, no, my back is fine. And then him and Ursay are squabbling. And now he's been allowed to seek a trade. Now here's the problem. If his agent and his people can't find a team that's willing one to give up very valuable draft capital and to pay him long-term the Colts end up being in the catbird seat because they'll be like, well, dude, we gave you a chance to get a trade. Nobody wanted what we wanted to get up for you. And you're, you're stuck. You either play football or you lose a year of uh, being a active player. And then you have issues with unrestricted free agency in 2024. So this is, this is another running back who should get paid is looking to get paid and team. don't want to pay him. What's interesting to me is that Jim Irsay has said some stupid things in the past and including stuff about Jonathan Taylor uh, in terms of, you know, who cares if he's not around or I'm not around or whatever. The Colts want a first round pick or at least first round value for him or a couple of picks that uh, so I mean, if he's worthless, you know, trade him for a four, but of course they're not going to do that. So now where are the best fantasy landing spots for Jonathan Taylor? There's not a lot. There's not a lot. Everybody's kind of set. And teams have backfield committees. And other teams have players who have either earned a role as a starter or moving up into the role, like, say, an Alexander Madison. If the Vikings were ever to trade for Jonathan Taylor, that would be awful for Alexander Madison, obviously. The first thing that comes to mind, though, is Miami. Why? And no disrespect to Raheem Mostert. I've had him on my show before. He's a great guy. But Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, and, and you know, Devon A-Chain are not moving the needle in fantasy. They're not. Imagine Jonathan Taylor in that backfield with Tua Tungvaloa, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddell out wide. Giddy up. I mean, that would be a hell of a fun fantasy offense, for sure. No question about it. But for me, that's the best landing spot. Because there's not that many where he could come right in and still like be a true featured guy. And if they're going to give up massive compensation and have to pay him an extension, teams are going to put him in that backfield as a featured guy. 
But how many teams have that spot open? Washington, Brian Robinson and Alvin uh, and Antonio Gibbs are kind of, you know, they're, they're all right. They're going to share the workload. We saw that on Monday night. Would the commanders want him? Houston, I mean, they've got Damian Pierce. They're not going to trade for him. And the Colts are not trading him in the division. The Chiefs are interesting because they're the Chiefs. But they got Pacheco. They got McKinnon. To a lesser degree, they got Edwards Alaire. But Taylor and Kansas City would be fun for sure. Yeah, but they've won they've won Super Bowls, you know, without having a kind of dominant pat a dominant rush. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Damian Williams, folks. I mean, <laughs> come on. So it's not, I mean, hell, they don't even have they don't even have a number one wide receiver. They don't even have a two. <laughs> so for me, Miami's the best bet. Now, would I draft Jonathan Taylor? Yes. I actually had a startup dynasty draft. Super flex. I drafted Jonathan Taylor in the third round because it's different. It's long-term. In a standard league where it's yearly, if he falls to the fourth or fifth round, which I've seen him do that, I've seen him fall that far, I'm going to take a chance on him. People are afraid because not, uh, is the ankle okay? Like, we don't know. We're not doctors. We don't play them uh, on television either. I don't know how how bad or how much the ankle is kind of BS where he's trying to kind of hold in and not hold out. There's risk involved though. Risk reward. Are you a riverboat gambler? Maybe you'll take him in the third or fourth round and see what happens. He's not a first or second round pick anymore. I'd say the earliest I'd go for him is the third and he might land until the fourth and maybe even the fifth. I've seen him fall to the fifth in the 10 team league. People are afraid. That's a lot of draft capital to spend on a guy that you're not sure, number one, is healthy. Number two, if he's going to play. And if he does play, where is he going to play? Too much confusion there. So it's a risk. But Miami would be the best bet for me from a fantasy perspective. Uh, Or just staying in Indianapolis. But it seems like that relationship might be uh, broken and permanently broken. So can I just, yeah, I got to ask, ask you real quick. I mean, fourth, fifth round, 12 man league there. 12 man. He's probably going to go into third or fourth in the third or fourth. Okay. In a four to, in a, in the four to the five rounds scenario, it's more of a 10 team league. So, and where's, where's Alvin Kamara then in a, in a Kamara's going league. now he's going five, six. So, I mean, Five, six. which, which guy do you want? Right. One guy's spending. Rather have Taylor. Games. I'll take a chance on Taylor. Yeah. But if those guys are going in the same round, I feel like it's an, it's an easy decision for me. It's like the guy that was potentially supposed to go back into the first into this early second. Like I, I get the risk there, but I, it's not even a toss up. If I'm in the fifth early in the fifth and Taylor's there, it's no, toss, we are very, that. we are very shaky folks in the fantasy football industry. We, yeah. we, we, we scare easy. <laughs> okay, we scare very easy. And that's the reason why uh he's dropping. But right now it's between rounds 3 and 5 depending on the size of your league. He's not going to the top 2 rounds, he's not. People know what's what going you, on. Are you interested in stashing a guy like any of any of his backups? Do they become interesting I, if he gets moved? If it was Zach Moss and, and because he got hurt? Right. I, yes. But I'm t- people are picking up Evan Hull. 
they're they're picking up Deion Jackson. They're picking up whoever might sniff touches in that backfield. Kenyon Drake. Yeah, that guy's been passed around. I, I mean, I mean, listen. The Colts are going nowhere. For they're not going. They're not. They're not a contender. So, if they trade Taylor, they could just sign Kareem Hunt off the street. Leonard Fournette's out there, or they could say, "Screw it, we're going to suck anyways. We're just going to roll with what we got." I mean, if they trade him, they got to bring somebody in, unless someone is included in the trade in terms of the compensation that can play running back, but. I just don't see anyone right now in that backfield making an impact. It'll be a committee. Now, yeah. I, again, Zach Moss, I don't know. I, I, I'm always going to well, be back. It's, it's a Steichen-led offense, too. So if you've got Richardson, you've got multiple guys probably that are going to be involved. The Eagles last year, it was, yes, yep. Sanders was great. You know, but they used the Scott. But, exactly. They used Gainwell. Yeah, guys yeah. got involved. That's another thing. The Eagles backfield, I don't want anything to do with that. Now, if I could get Kenneth Gainwell late, I will take him because he's well worth the value because it looks like he might start. He might start. Like, DeAndre Swift didn't play. Uh, and, like, Gainwell and Scott look like they might be ahead of Rashad Penny, who may be on the roster bubble. I don't know. And a lot of people love Rashad Penny. The guy is super talented. He's just, he's made out of paper. I mean, a guy can't stay healthy to save his life. But the Eagles' backfield is a mess. And if Gainwell is the guy, he's not the most talented guy in that backfield. It's DeAndre Swift. And, and, but, and that's going to hurt Swift, too. I, I can't draft any Eagles running backs with any confidence right now. Swift is a low flex. That's it. And maybe he'll pop. But you need, you need Swift to come out and be like a real high fantasy point per touch player. Because I don't know that you're going to get more than 10 or 12 touches a game from him. If they go committee, which I think they probably will, if Gainwell's on the roster, which he will be, if Penny's on the roster, maybe. They've got Boston Scott. You know Boston Scott's going to score two touchdowns against the Giants twice this season because he does it every year. But that, that backfield is a mess. And this whole thing with the with the Colts makes the position even thinner. So, you know, we, we got to take that into consideration that the position's not already not great in terms of the depth because we got so many backfield committees. And now, are the Colts going to go to a backfield committee? Where does Taylor end up? Does he play? He won't be in a committee. That's for sure. But depending on where he lands, I mean, there could be somebody else who takes a touch here and there. But if you're going to give up a lot of compensation for Jonathan Taylor and you ain't putting him in a committee, that's for sure. Uh, another running back, by the way, you know, B. John Robinson is third on the Atlanta depth chart right now. Why do they do that? Listen, dude, I know B. John Robinson is going to be your starter, Arthur Smith. I, come on, man. He said, Cordero Patterson's the starter right now on the depth chart. And then it's Tyler Algier. And then it's, you're like, yeah, okay. Yeah, he drafts a guy in the top 10, a position that nobody wants to draft anymore highly. Oh, yeah, he's third on the depth. Come on, dude. Come on. Please. That's just stupid. Smoke but Bijan, yeah. <laughs> but Bijan looked good, man. I love B Yeah, he did. When Bijan got drafted in Atlanta, I said he's a first-round pick. He's been a first-round pick in every draft that I've seen for the most part unless it's a super flex league. And then maybe he falls out because everyone goes quarterback crazy, but Bijan gained 26 yards on one drive with the starters. You look great. If you're worried about drafting a rookie, don't be, he's fine. Um, he has everything you want in a potential three down back. And he will be a three down back in the NFL. Uh, no matter what that depth chart uh, might tell us another backfield that we 
need to keep an eye on is Chicago. And I think Khalil Herbert's going to be the guy. I like Khalil Herbert. Last year, he popped a few times when he had a chance. And listen, Deontay Foreman, I, I had him on my show. He's a good dude. And they drafted Roshan Johnson. I think Khalil Herbert's the guy. Khalil Herbert, is, he didn't play this past weekend. That tells you he's a starter. And what's behind him is behind him. Foreman, Johnson, they're worth late-round flyers. Khalil Herbert's the guy to get. And he's moving up in terms of his ADP, too. If you don't know what that is, folks, it's average draft position. He's moving up. Moving up in the high stakes, too. Yeah, Lions. Just, just a bunch of Texas running backs thrown out there, which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> wait, Texas. Wait a minute. Are you from Texas originally? Yes, I am. I'm, I'm from Dallas originally, but I went to the University of Texas. So those guys uh, are repping the Longhorns. And I know you're a Cowboys fan, which is why you're producing my show. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Eric. But um, I didn't realize that you actually grew up in Texas. Like I'm a non-Texas Cowboys fan, which there there's are a few many, of those. There's a few many, of those. Many, many of us. Yeah, many of yeah. us. Yeah, there's many of us. So going, going back to the backfield situation, I got Detroit. Jameer Gibbs is going in the third round now. He's moved up from five, four, and now he's up at three. I don't know if I want to take him that high because, like, people, David Montgomery's still in that backfield. I don't. I mean, he's a guy in the prime of his career. I don't know. I don't know what we're expecting from from Jameer Gibbs. You know, he's got to catch 50, 60 passes to be worth a third round pick. Maybe he will. But he's he, he's moving up, and and the gap between him and Montgomery in terms of ADP is wide. You know, Montgomery's seven eighth. Gibbs is third now in terms of the round. And uh, the other big rookie there in Detroit, Sam Laporta, he's going to start. I know rookie tight ends typically don't do anything. You got three this year that could. Laporta, you've also got Musgrave in Green Bay, who everyone's raving about, and Dalton Kincaid. I didn't put Michael Mayer on that list, but he could too. I mean, they've got Austin Hooper there in Vegas. They cut OJ Howard, but all three worth a flyer late look, no question. And I typically don't say that about many tight ends. We talked about the Dolphins backfield. It's going to be Mostert and Wilson. Uh, Devon A-Chain got hurt over the weekend, folks. And he's fifth on the depth chart right now. Like Miles Gaskin and Salvan Ahmed, who had a good run, are both ahead of him. And I liked A-Chain as like a guy that you could draft in the middle to late as a flex in PPR. I'm not so sure now. I think you will let out a roll at some point, but it might be a slow start for him. Houston's backfield, Damian Pierce took every snap on the first two drives. I'm a little worried about Singletary taking some of his opportunities as a pass catcher, but I don't know how many he would have gotten to begin with. And I don't mind targeting Pierce in round five or six as an RB2. No question about that. Bills. Imagine if the Bills went after Jonathan Taylor. Holy crap. I don't know if they could, but right now James Cook is their guy. You know, Damian Harris is hurt. He's got the knee. He's always hurt. And there's not much there in Buffalo's backfield anymore. So James Cook's moving up. Fifth, sixth round guy as, as a low RB2 high flex. People are in it, are digging him. Now, he's not a big guy. He's not like his brother, Dalvin. And he's never really carried a, the, the full workload of a backfield. Even dating back to college, he didn't. So I don't know if he's going to be able to do that with Buffalo and Damian Harris will eventually get on the field and touches, but James cook pass catching guy. He's moving up. He's definitely moving up. 
no doubt. Uh, are, you wor- are you worried that he's too high given what his workload will be in the red zone, but, especially with Josh right. Allen? Yeah, exactly. But any back in Buffalo, I mean, you're going to suffer from that. And I don't know that James Cook is a huge red zone type of green zone back that, you know, they're going to give him the ball inside the five. Uh, that might be a Josh Allen. It would be Damian Harris's role, but it's the catches. And if he's going to play more often and be the starter, a lot of people thought it would be Harris starting and Cook, uh, you know, subbing in and out, um, being more of a, you know, a pass catching type of back. Whereas now maybe he's not going to be a featured back, but he's going to have more touches than he did last season, certainly. So he's sure. a player on the rise. By the way, mentioning Kincaid, uh, he led the Bills early in that game. He had 45 yards on four targets. Really good player. And, and, and you see a tight lot, end. A lot of two tight end sets, right? With him, yep. with he and Knox, and he is the pass catcher. Yeah, I'm intrigued. Right. Uh, Kincaid is going to be more of the move guy. He's going to be in the slot. He's not an inline guy. He's not a blocker. So that Kincaid, again, rookie tight end. And I even have that feeling like hanging over my head. I don't know what to do with that because tight ends in their first year typically doing, don't know anything. Even the greats did nothing. A lot of them. But we, we got three, maybe four who could do it this year. So something to keep an eye on. We also saw some other guys pop. Kendry Miller popped for the Saints. And he was hurt. And apparently not not badly enough to miss the game. And he played good. Made a nice catch. Saints are okay in that backfield. Jamal Williams will probably be the guy for the first three weeks. And then they have Kamara. And I, listen, I don't love Kamara, but I get him in the sixth round as a flex. Okay, I'm good. Because that's what he is now. He's a low two flex. He's not a one anymore. He hasn't been since Breeze left. Really. At least not a consistent one. You know, he had that crazy game on Christmas where he scored, what, six touchdowns against the Vikings a few years back. Other than that, I mean, he hasn't been as consistent and he's not catching the ball to the backfield as much. So uh, keep that in mind when you're drafting Kamara. Take the discount, round five, round six, but he should not be, you should not be drafting him as more than an RB2 flex type of player. Um, Arizona, James Conner's going to be the guy there. It looks like Keontae Ingram's going to be the backup. This is a team going nowhere, unfortunately, for their fans. And there are some good scenarios there from a fantasy perspective, and they're all in the passing game. Although Connor's got a lot of touches coming his way. He's got to avoid injuries. So Connor's a good bargain. You get him in the fifth round, something like that, five or six. But Michael Wilson looks like he's going to start as a rookie. He's going to start on the outside with Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown's the guy to get. I think he could be very, very good in terms of being a bargain because he's not coming off the board until round eight or nine. And they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, a lot of negative game scripts. But what's happening with the Cardinals is that Rondell Moore and Greg Dortch are splitting time in the slot. So it's Wilson and Hollywood Brown. And then you got Zach, the rascal Pascal behind them. But Michael Wilson is now worth a late round look. And Zach Ertz, by the way, Supposed to be back for week one. Really good late round pick as a tight end too. Now, I don't know how he's going to look coming off the knee, but everything seems to be progressing pretty good. Patriots-Packers game. Jordan Loves look, looks good. I'm not going to crown him the next Rodgers, but I will tell you this. In my startup dynasty draft, he is my QB too. I drafted him. 
I waited it because everyone went quarterback crazy. I, that that draft, super flex, 12 team, full point PPR. I had the 12th pick, so I was screwed. The top seven quarterbacks, eight quarterbacks were already off the board when I was up. There's no way I was taking Deshaun Watson or Dak Prescott at one or two. So I took CeeDee Lamb and Jamar Chase. I'll take that all day long. My quarterbacks are lacking. I, Kyler Murray's my QB1, but it's a dynasty league. I, I'll I'll roll with them. If I have to start, I had to draft Matthew Stafford late. Um, I had to, and no choice. But if I'm rolling with Jordan Love and Stafford as my two quarterbacks until Kyler comes back, I'll be all right. <laughs> Who's the uh, – is is Jordan Love probably the – the quote unquote worst or most unproven uh, QB two that's starting for a team. He's certainly one of them. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly one of them. I mean, obviously Anthony Richardson is a, is a QB two in fantasy, although he's moving up sure. rushing upside though. It's but big time. Nice. Jordan love is like the big X factor. How's that Packers offense going to look? You know who I like too is Romeo Dobbs. You can get him late. You can get yeah. him double with the rounds as your wide receiver five. Sign me up. Watson, sca- Watson scares me a bit, but, but Dobbs is, yeah, his ADP. He is could so lead that now. team in targets and catches toss easy, easy. So I, I mean, they have a lot of good, you know, Musgrave is worth a look. Packers got a lot of question marks, like young players, that passing game. Think about that passing game. Watson's second year. Dobbs second year. Jaden Reed rookie. Musgrave rookie. They've, they've got a lot of inexperience there in the passing How- game. How am I looking if uh, if Aaron Jones is my RB1? I would assume your wide receivers are pretty good, so you're fine. Yeah. that's the, And actually, that's that's happened to me where I've went, I've gone three straight wide receivers at the top and taken Jones in round four and felt I'm fine with it. Now, A.J. Dillon's going to take some of that workload. There's no question about that. But he's, in that scenario, he's fine as an RB1. Speaking of RB1s, Derrick Henry... Still not playing because why? We're, we're not going to see a lot of him, but who are we seeing? Boy, Tajay Spears looks good. Yeah, That dude's fast. He's fast as you know what. It's funny. I had Tajay on my SiriusXM show, and I lived in Louisiana for three months. And he's from Louisiana. He's actually from right around where I was living. And I hate seafood. I hate it. I, I, I honestly, like... I Florida, would be Louisiana back to back. Like, what are we, what are we doing? What are we, I, dude, I hate Cal- seafood. California, Florida, yeah. Louisiana. You're in the wrong I, yeah. places. Yeah. Well, I'm going, well, this is it now. Hopefully. Um, I, I can't, I, I just can't stomach seafood. And I think I, the, the proper, the proper pronunciation of the word is crawfish. Yeah. I think. And I said crayfish yeah. because I think people from the Northeast say cray and they say craw in the South and he made fun of me on the air, which is fine. It's a W. It's a W. Like C R A W. I don't know. Yeah, I, I just I, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, yeah it's fine. It Anyways, <laughs> I dig him. Late rounds, flyer, RB5. Henry's got a lot of work on those legs and that body. I hope he doesn't get hurt. I love him. Love watching him play. But if he does, Taje Spears could be a league winner. Easy peasy. I, I, I really like the talent there. Um Niners, the quarterback situation set, Brock Purdy. It's going to be the starter. Darnold and Lance battling for the backup job. I actually drafted uh, Trey Lance in my dynasty startup as my QB three. And I know that the Niners went through about 55 quarterbacks last year, so they may not want to move anybody. 
But boy, that's a waste of talent with Lance. It really is. I mean, that guy's going to be. I mean, you moved up to to get him in the draft. You traded a lot of draft capital, and you're going to just sit on him. I'd love to see him get traded someplace. Tampa, Minnesota in the future. Kirk Cousins isn't there. That'd be great. Not a, not a draftable asset in the, most of the leagues that we're going to be talking about. This is a, a dynasty startup. But, I mean, he had a touchdown pass. He had a pick. Uh, Purdy's the guy, though. Purdy's the guy there in, in San Francisco. Uh, they, they faced the Broncos. Quick note in that game, Javante Williams came back. Uh, first game back since he tore up his knee last year and he started the game. He split time with P Ryan. And I think this is going to be a committee, but here's what I like about it. Javante Williams caught four balls on five targets. Remember Sean Payton's offenses in new Orleans were very, very conducive to running backs producing as pass catchers. Hello, Alvin Kamara. When Drew Brees was a starting quarterback in new Orleans and Kamara was uh, his backfield mate. Breeze was among the top quarterbacks in terms of targeting running backs. Maybe Russell Wilson now becomes one of those type of quarterbacks who targets those runners in an offense that Javante Williams could potentially be pretty good in. And Javante talked about how he's watched film of Camara for when Peyton was the coach, trying to look at the formations, the tendencies. And boy, Javante is going to move up too. You could get him right now, probably in around six, maybe around seven in a smaller league, maybe. But he's moving up. He's that moving is. up. I think that could be pass. I think that could be a committee, though. But if he's going to catch forty or fifty passes as a flex, I'm in. I mean, that's that's what they brought P Ryan in to do. So if he's already taking those targets, I mean, it's a yeah, like you said, it's a clear indicator to me. I mean, that feels like the type of player that is going to swing a lot of leagues, one way or the other, because if if the injury, you know, if you don't want to rush him back, I know he's already playing, but at, at what volume, right? During the regular season. Mm -hmm. um, I liked him a lot last year prior to the injury, but he was, what, he was a second round pick last year. If you get that in the sixth round this year, I know, I know it's a massive injury, but if he has a Adrian Peterson-esque return from injury, which no one else has really done, um, I'm with it. I'm really with it. I'm, I'm in on Javante. I'm big in on him. Yeah, I was off of him. Because I was thinking, boy, ACL and LCL, and he couldn't beat out Melvin Gordon when he was healthy in Denver. But now I've stepped back in terms of my expectations. Like he was at once a breakout candidate. Now he's not. But as a flex, I'm in. And he's one of those running backs where if you go heavy wide receivers in the first three rounds, you can go out and get. I listed the guys last week. Cam Akers, Rashad White, James Conner. J.K. Dobbins, all guys you can get. James Cook, all guys you can get if you go heavy wide receivers early. You can get these guys between the fourth and seventh round, maybe eighth. Khalil Herbert, another one, eighth round. Count me in if that's the way you want to roll. Uh, Raiders, Rams, we didn't really learn much except for Aiden O'Connell looks a lot like Derek Carr, especially wearing that number four jersey. I had to do a double take. I'm like, wait, that Derek was in New Orleans now. He, he, he kind of looks like him a little bit. So um, just hope Garoppolo stays healthy. Devontae Adams, uh, I think he played one snap. I'm worried about Adams. Not that I wouldn't draft him. He's more of a second rounder now, even though he was awesome last year. Just if Garoppolo gets hurt, ugh, unless Aiden O'Connell becomes Brock Purdy, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Uh, the Rams, 
I mean, you want to talk about a team that's got nothing. Matt Stafford's a low QB two. They got Cup. He's going to be back hopefully by week one. So he's clearly the, the one player. I like Cam Akers too. They didn't do anything in that backfield to really shake me off of Cam Akers. He was really good in the second half of last year. He was a league winner. So I'm fine with Cam Akers. How do you feel about uh, like a flyer on Van Jefferson late? Or do you think you can? Yeah, just yeah. Late, late run flyer. Just opportunity. Yeah. You know, we're looking at, we're looking for opportunity. And I think being in that offense, being that they're going to have to throw the ball a lot, because remember, they're not going to be very good. Uh, yeah, certainly worth a late rounder. But in terms of players that have an overwhelming amount of value, I, it's really just Cooper Cup at this point. Are you are you into uh, maybe a late pick on Higby and then taking a shot at one of those? Yeah, no, H- no talking I mean, about Higby. I think Higby could end up being a top twelve tight end this year. He's just he's not sexy. Right. I mean, man, I mean, uh, I mean, I don't know. I know maybe he is sexy. I don't know, but in terms of fantasy, he's not. He's not the he's sexy. He's got some nice flow. I mean, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So. Yeah. As a tight end, too. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, you could do better. You could do better. He's really inconsistent, but targets potentially could be there. So I'm not opposed to to grabbing him. But like in terms of again, in terms of like being a, like like the Eagles have Hurts and they have Devonte and they have AJ Brown and then you know Goddard. A lot of sexy guys. Well, Goddard maybe isn't the sexiest, but he's good. Like the Rams have nothing but cup. That's it. They got a cup of Cooper and that's it. Uh, anyways, that was a bad dad joke. Um, before we close the show out, I want to take some X questions. Because <laughs> it's not Twitter anymore. I don't think. I don't know. I don't, what do no, I call you're it? right. You're right. It's X. It's X. Maybe it's Twitter X. Should I get Des Bryant to do some... Big time promotional stuff for for X. Just throw up the X. <laughs> I actually know Dez. I know Dez. He's a good guy. So when I was in Texas to go uh, hang out with my buddy Bob Harris, I went to Dez's house. Beautiful house, as you can imagine. Really, and he's a really good guy. He's getting into fantasy football for sure. And uh, he played my celebrity league last year. Really good guy. We had, we had a, we had a, a good time. Um, definitely had Des in a few fantasy leagues over the years. Um, all right, let's, let's, let's throw up some of these questions. Uh, this one is from Chase Nuss, N-U-S-S. How do you take Bijan in a half point PPR league? Top eight. Top eight. I could see top five. Half point. Certainly could see that. I'm not afraid of the rookie. I love the talent. Uh, this is one is from coach big hug 12 team keeper league. My team greatest show on paper. I've kept Cooper cup second round and Brian Robinson for the 11th. I have the number one pick. Should I go wide receiver thinking Jefferson or running back McCaffrey going Jefferson to keeper league. He's way younger than McCaffrey. Well, not way younger, but he's younger than McCaffrey and he's at the most prominent position of fantasy. Uh, this one is from Lefty21211, first year 2QB Superflex League, full PPR, sixth pick. Who are you taking? You're taking a quarterback. You got the sixth pick. Mahomes, Allen, or Hurts probably be gone. You oh might God. get Burrow. You might get Burrow. Maybe. Do you want Burrow over Fields? Yes. 
Okay. I love Burrow. I love Burrow. I did too. I mean, I, that my second, so I text Longhorn, my second love of the LSU Tigers. I grew up running around the house with a little tiger tail on, but no, let's get some, uh, let's get some video of that. Yeah. Well, I'll, yeah, I'll have to go deep. I'll have to go deep into the archive. I just, you know, I get, I get a bit worried because of the injury status going into the season and also the, the rushing ability in comparison to a guy like fields, obviously who tore it up on the ground last year. And, and, and Herbert, who I feel like could have a similar type of year as Burrow, but you can get later mm-hmm. on him. I know in a super flex, it's a little irrelevant, but yeah. more so in a standard league. That's yeah. it's a thought that's gone through my head. Yeah. Um, but six, you're probably getting Lamar or Burrow or yeah. maybe Fields or Herbert. Um, uh, Adam Schefter just tweeted that Jackson Smith and Jigba is having wrist surgery. Apparently he hurt his wrist against my beloved Dallas Cowboys over the weekend and un, unsure how long he'll be out. I don't think it's going to affect his draft value much. He's he's going middle to late rounds. He might drop a few spots. They're saying he could be ready for the regular season opener. Wow. So I wouldn't be too concerned about him, but certainly you don't want to see a guy get hurt. Uh, one last question here from the X folks. Who will be Chicago's number one running back by the end of the season, or will it remain a running back committee? This is from TD Harry 89. I talked about it earlier on the show. I love Khalil Herbert. I think he's going to be their guy, but is he going to be a true featured back? A la Walter Payton, a la Neil Anderson, a la, you know, put Bears running back here. No. They're going to use Foreman. They're going to use Johnson. They've got Travis Homer as well. But will he lead the backfield and touches if he stays healthy? Yes. Will he lead the backfield and fantasy points if he stays healthy? Yes. I think he will. Will Clear he lead? Guy. Will he lead the team in rushing yards? Yes. Yes. Okay. I like Khalil Herbert. I, I do. I, and you can get him as a three or a four. Sign yeah. me up. I'm in. I'm in. All right, folks. Remember, Tuesdays and Fridays, the Believe Fantasy Football Show with myself, Michael Fabiano. My guy Toss is here too. He's going to be jumping in, talking Cowboys and all other fantasy football nonsense. Tuesdays and thir- and Fridays will be on. You can download us wherever you get your podcasts, as they say. And on Friday, we're going to look at positional tiers because we're right in the middle of draft season. I've got four drafts this week. I think I have four next week. And then I've got a couple like the first week of September. So, I mean, I got crazy drafts coming. Is crazy the night, be- is the night before? The- Actually, no. It's, no, they're, they're, we only have two. Wait, we have two weeks until the opener, right? We only have two weeks left. Not so next Thursday, like, but the following. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so I have. Damn, I think I have like eight drafts in the next two weeks. Maybe ten. It's going to be a lot. I got one today too. So, we're going to talk about positional tiers: quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, all that kind of stuff. Uh, tiers are really valuable. Uh, it gives you it gives you an idea of of where where there's breaks in terms of players and positional value. Uh, really useful stuff for your drafts. Uh, hopefully, this show is useful to you, Tasha, the man. And uh, we will see everybody back here on Friday again. Make sure you go to your favorite podcast destination, download us, subscribe to us, and even say, "Hey, Fabs doesn't suck that bad." I'll give him five stars. We would appreciate it. We will see you guys on Friday. Have a great week. This is Fabs for the Believe Fantasy Football Show. 
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.